Hello, guys, and welcome to the Cowboys First and Ten podcast. A uh, little bit of a change since the first episode. Obviously, it was me and James then. Um, James is up to go because he has got way too many podcasts under his belt and he was getting a little bit busy. Um, so I'm still here and I've been joined by a couple of legends. Uh, the first one is Bill. Hello, Bill. How are you doing? Hi, everybody. How are you? Yeah, none too shabby, mate. None too shabby. Uh, so, Bill, where, where are you from, mate? Uh, I'm from uh, near Preston, just outside of Manchester. Oh, and how long have you been supporting the boys for? 1988. Oh, 1988. Yeah, long, long, yeah, long-standing cowboy fan. Yeah, a little while longer than me, man. I started supporting in 2007. Cool. Um, and then the other uh, guy we've got in, we have our token yank for the show now, old Robert from America. Hello, Robert. How's it going, mate? Oh. Little bit of uh, international problems there, straight away. Love that. <laughs> yep. Hey everyone. Yeah, I've been a been a Cowboys fan here. I've been, I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. And uh, yeah, I've been a Cowboys fan since I was shit 1990. I'm <clears throat> I'm 34 years old now, so you do the math in 29 years, I think. And uh, yeah, I've I supported the boys when they were the, the dream team with Mike Urban, Emmett Smith, Troy Aikman. And everybody always can ask me, well, how are you a college fan in Minnesota? And I never get behind a losing team, and I just kind of stuck with it. And Prime Time is probably my favorite player for a legendary purpose. Otherwise, my current favorite player has got to be Zeke. So, yeah, it's great to be on the show, and uh, love the Cowboys. Cool, man. Yeah, cool. Uh, you cut out a little bit there, but we got we got most of what you were saying. Um, so that's good, man. Right. So basically, um, what we're going to be doing every week is we're going to be reviewing the last game and previewing the next game. Um, obviously, we've started a little late. We've already had five weeks under the belt. Uh, so what we're going to do now is we're going to start by reviewing the first three games. Uh, obviously, uh, when we had a, a little bit of a, a good run. Um, so starting off uh, with the Giants, um, how, how how did everybody think we did? How did everybody what did everybody think of the first few games? Bill, um, it it was a dream. Uh, I, I, I I when everyone started the season talking about the Cowboys being, you know, Super Bowl contenders, I you, you don't believe that you, you you know you take it with a pinch of salt. And um, through games one to three. They almost had me believing. They they, yeah. they they were moving the ball a lot better. Um, the the old Scott uh, Scott Linehan, let's just run the ball, let's be formulaic, let's just show them and tell them what we're gonna do. It t- seemed to go away, and Kellen Moore was the promise child. Um, it was good. It was very good. Yeah, it was. It was really good. And uh, it was nice to see. And I completely agree with what you're saying as well. With the uh, offensive coordination, it was like we were watching a new team. We were running the ball less. We were throwing the ball more. We had people who could actually catch the ball. Um, it was fantastic. Uh, wh- what about yourself, Robert? What did you make of the first three games? I thought, you know, I'm like, wow, this is going to be, we're going to be the Patriots of the NFC East. Um, we're going to dominate. I mean, Amari Cooper was looking good. Dak was looking good. Zeke was, I mean, touching the ball. Even Jason, not Jason Garrett, but uh, Jason Witten 
comes out of retirement, scores a touchdown the first three games. I mean, what more can you ask? You got we added Michael, you know, Michael Gallup's looking phenomenal second year. Then you got Randall Cobb from Green Bay, and he's just killing it. And I mean, you, I feel like man, we're we're set. We're we're going. We're doing big things, and no one can stop us. Yeah, I mean, what more could you expect? Three and zero out the gate. I know all the teams that we played were, uh, you know, not the best teams, but you can't control your schedule. You can only play who's on your yeah. schedule. So I think you can yeah, you no. can make the argument that Patriots. Well, the Patriots have this, you know, easy schedule. They can't control. They've beaten. I think they're the only team that's five and zero right now. So, yeah, no, yeah, nobody ever mentions that. Like the Patriots' schedule is so easy, and everyone's going. They're clear Super Bowl contenders, but until about week eight, they don't really play any teams. The Patriots have had a bye to the playoffs for the last five years at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Very- when you when you when you consider that the hardest team the Patriots have played so far this year is the Buffalo Bills. I think that should give you everything you need to know, really. <laughs> like, everyone's going, yeah, it's like, well, the Bills are the best team they've played. <laughs> like, come on. The Bills are looking good defensively. They can't move the ball f- offensively, but defensively, the Bills do look good. Yeah, and talking of the Bills not being able to move the ball offensively, and when uh, Robert mentioned uh, Cobb a minute ago, may I just say getting rid of Cole Beasley and getting Randall Cobb as a replacement for the same amount of money is possibly the best bit of work the Cowboys have ever done. I thought that was a genius move. 100% completely. It's like, you know, Beasley goes to the Bills. He's the hot sauce. They're doing all right. But, you know, Cobb is definitely a huge upgrade. So... Yeah, right. the, the first three games, man, I was like, man, is this for real? Or is this going to be 2016 all over again with Dak, Zeke, with Coop, Gallup, Witten? Like, wow, we're, we're stacked. And then we just have, you know, the defense. You got Demarcus Lawrence. We have, uh, we got the, the twins in the back, so we got the Wolf Hunter. We have, yeah. I mean, we're stealing Smith. I mean, we got rid of Taco, who didn't do anything anyway. And, I mean, we're just dominating. Robert Quinn Talk about a player. He's killing people on both on the ball. I mean, yeah, I just can't yeah. believe how. And but I just, you know, I very impressed the first three games. Couldn't ask for anything more. But you know, I feel like we get into these situations where Dak, you know, throws a ball, bounces off Gallup or Cooper's fingers, and now he's got a pick. And I think that it can't all fall on Dak. Everybody likes to talk about how no, Dak's not no. the elite quarterback. Yeah, yeah, which is a good a good point there, but we'll move on to that in a second. In a second, we'll get on to that conversation. Before we do, um, with the first three weeks, just those three weeks in mind, who was your best uh, offensive player? Um, we'll start with you, Bill. Who was your best offensive player for the first three weeks? You've got to say Cooper. Um, the man's the man's almost un, un, uh, uncoverable at the moment. Um, even in the last two games, he's been the guy that's been getting open, apart from the Saints covering four people on him. Uh, but he, <laughs> he he's he's changed it. Just him being there, even if the ball's not going to him, they have to respect him. They can't double-team yeah. him. This leaves Gallup open, leaves it open a little bit, uh, you know, gives Witten and, uh, and Cobb the op- opportunities as well. And I think Cooper has actually been the turning point of the passing game. I don't think we need to uh, to rely on Zeke as much with him being there. No, sorry, shout. And what about you, Robert? Who was your um, top offensive player for the first three games? 
top offensive player. I, I'd like to say Zeke, but I have to. I have to go on. I mean, Cooper was already spoken for, so I got to say Dak. Everybody came into the season thinking Dak's in the dink and dunk again. He's going to throw his 10-yard screens, his play actions, and it's going to go to Zeke. But, no, he proved that he can throw 40 yards. I mean, that last and the most recent game against the Packers when he threw that ball to Gallup, or no, that was Cooper, and, you know, Cooper stepped out did a spin move. I mean, he's got an arm that people don't realize, and, like, yeah. I think Dak needs to get more credit than he gets. Yeah, no, agreed. It's funny, though, that what do you say, Cooper, what do you say, Dak, for the first three games, because... I wouldn't have picked any of them for my offensive player. My offensive player for the first three weeks is Gallup, hands down. It was like, I just thought Gallup was incredible. He was moving. He's become like a the new safe option for Dak, which is fantastic. And um, considering it's only his second year and he's smashing it so hard. I mean, yeah, obviously he got a bit hurt, but he, he's back from that already. Um, but it was just it was just so nice to know that, yeah, we had Cooper, and Cooper is going to be the main option. But then Gallup has, you know, I almost say Gallup and Cooper, with the way Gallup's going, they're, they're pretty much getting on, on a level. Um, so, you know, it's all it's getting to a point where I think we're going to have two wide receiver ones, and then we've got Randall Cobb and Jason Witten backing them up. Um, I think just see, see, seeing the maturity in Gallup's at such a young age, um, you know, obviously last season, you know, he dealt with the death of his brother and then came out balling. This season, uh, you know, he, he, he came out balling straight away. He's had an injury since then, and he came out uh, last game balling again. Like, yeah, I just, it's so good. And this is the one thing I love about the Cowboys at the moment. It's been the first time in a long time where there's more than three players you can pick from. Do you know what I mean? There's actually, you could add a few extra players to that list. Um, um, and offensively, defensively, I think we're just we're just the best we've been since I've supported the Cowboys, and it is just fantastic to see at the moment. I absolutely love it. I think Lyle Collins deserves a shout out as well on right tackle. He's been pretty much lights out for the first three games at least. Um, that offensive line has been pretty good up until Smith's injury. Yeah, and that, that's the thing. I've seen somebody was saying the other day, like people always talk about the Cowboys win percentage with or without Zeke, but they don't actually talk it about with or without um, Tyrone Smith. Um, and I think that's that's a very important thing to say because that's definitely something we've been missing uh, in these last last games or so. Um, so I, actually on that note then, um, let's start talking about the slightly uh, slightly more depressing and less enjoyable um, last couple games. We'll start with the Saints. Um, obviously, it was a very tight affair. It was 10-12. Um, we didn't concede any touchdowns, which was fantastic. I think our defence looked fantastic that game, but our offence was very much lacking. Um, what What have you got to take away from that? We'll go to you on this one, Robert. What What, what was your opinions on the Saints game, mate? I would... Um... Hold on. I, I would say that the, the takeaway from the Saints game is uh, that our defense, like you said, played lights out. Who holds the, the Saints to no touchdowns in the game? Granted, I know they didn't have Teddy. They were using Teddy Bridgewater, but they still have Kamara and a hell of a backfield. And I feel our defense did what it needed to do on that game. Now let's talk about the Packer game. Well, I think our defense, they, they stood up and held the points down when they needed to do it at the second half of the game. 
And, uh, you know, offensive players aren't trained to tackle. You throw three picks in one game, they're not, they're, not, they're not doing the same skills. They don't have the same skills. They're learning to catch the ball, not tackle the player or run the ball. So I feel that our defense has been pretty solid. I'm not going to say they, they're back on track to where they were last year, but I think they're, at least at this point, I would still say top, top 10, top 12. They're, uh, they're not playing lights out, lights out, like the last couple games, but I'd have to give them credit when it's due, and they're doing what they can. When it, when, when it needs to be done, they are, they are playing how they need to play, especially that fourth quarter of this last game against the Packers, making them kick field goals and doing everything they possibly can to keep us in that game. Hmm. Yeah, no, no I, I think you're right. I definitely think you're right. They're, they're, you know, they're not as good as they were, um, but they're, they're still doing the job when they need to. Again, like they're, they're put, you know, even against the uh, the Packers, they turned up. They just took half a game to do it, unfortunately. Uh, so, Bill, what are you saying then about the Saints and then the Packers games? What, what, what's your takeaways from that so far? Well, I kind of agree with the defense. I think the secondary has turned up. I think the issue has been just the running ball play. I think we're just struggling with the run and both Kamara and Aaron Jones. And as much as we like to to, to go on about uh, Jalen Smith and Van Der Esch being the top two linebackers in the league, I think Van Der Esch at times looked outschooled by Aaron Jones on Sunday night. Yeah. And Jalen yeah. Jalen Smith, I think he left the game with the most tackles. He I think he, he stood up to the game, but, but Van Der Esch was struggling a little bit. Um, and that's yeah. why, and that's why they kept using him. And it was the same. Bridgewater was good, he, but he he was just just using Kamara. It was the same thing both weeks. Kamara beaters, Jones beaters. They didn't really pass over us. Our, our secondary's done a good job. It's just you can't keep on giving six eight yards up. That's what we're mm. meant to do to them. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I think that's definitely been been a big problem. Is that like we have got the run covered, but we're always covering it when they've already ran six plus yards, um, and that 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 has been that that that's been really annoying me. Even like whilst I know we didn't give up an awful lot of yards, even to the Redskins, um, there were moments where it just we were opening up, and even I thought we we conceded too many points against the Redskins. Uh, and, and and it was a few run plays that did that, even though joint together, I know it wasn't wasn't masses of yards they took. Um, but then I think obviously uh, the Saints and the Packers just exploited that. The Packers especially though, uh, Aaron. I've, obviously, you know he's not a cowboy, but I've got to give a shout out to Aaron Jones because he had a fucking great day. Um, and his cheeky little move when he was running down the ball, and I can't remember who it was, but one of our defenders was running at him and he gave him a little wave. Like it was, it was bang out of order, but it was very funny and fair. If it, if it had been a cowboy doing it, I'd have been a very happy man, and I'd have played that video forever. Unfortunately, it was a packer doing it to us. But credit where credit's due. If if you're having a good game and you want to be a cocky little bastard, then fair play to you. Oh, it's good. So guys, obviously we've had a little run through the first five games then. Um, we have now got coming up the Jets. Um, it looks like old Captain Mono might be back <laughs> in the hot seat. Um, obviously, we hope he's not. We hope he's still out because he's been kissing naughty women. I um, think we all were... want him to. Uh, 
I think the Jets reported today they were, that he was he was free for work. I think I think the 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 news out of today was that Darnold was actually going to play. His spleen is now normal spleen size. <laughs> oh, I love it. I see. I want him. I want. I want him to be. You know, ready to play and then get mono again the day before, so then he can become like the Jets version. <laughs> Body Manzel. That's what I want. I want, you know what I mean? I want another prospect who's just basically just messing their life up because they can't keep away from loose women. <laughs> uh, so, with that coming, obviously the Jets have got a few weapons. They've got Bell now. Uh, their defence is, is is very hit and miss, but when it hits, it does hit quite hard. Uh, what are we thinking, guys? I'm, I'm thinking uh, that we will... Uh... I think we have to use this game as a bounce back from our two last losses. And I think what we're going, I think we're going to go back to uh, Ezekiel Elliott run football after uh, I think what we're going to do, we're going to come out, we're going to run, score one, two touchdowns and Zeke's going to do it. And then we're going to put in the hands of Jason Witten, Mr. Security blanket to get us that first down, third down when we need it. And we're going to do a lot of screens, and that's what we have really been successful with. We get, mm. Every time I feel like we're playing from behind, Dak has to use his arm. I think we need to go back to 2016 and just run screen. And what everything that we're not doing, do it against the Jets to even maybe set up a false sense of strategy for gameplay so when we start playing the teams like the Vikings. And, you know, the Eagles, they think we're going to do something, so they're prepping for something that we're not actually going to do. And I feel like we can use the Jets as that springboard. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting point. Yeah, I like that. You see, yeah, I, I agree. I think the Jets are going to be a springboard. Uh, but I'm also, like, I'll be honest, I'm I'm pretty worried about the Eagles. Uh, but we'll, we'll get on to that in a minute. Uh, what are you thinking about the Jets then, Bill? Uh, I think I concur. I think we, we're going to go in there. We're going to try a few new things, try and fix things that have broken uh, in the last two games. I think we, it'll be important to, to get Tyrone Smith back on the field and Lyle Collins if they're still injured. Cam Fleming did a decent job, but I don't think he gave Dak enough time in the pocket the last time. Um, Not so, yeah. Uh, Le'Veon Bell worries me. Um, he's done nothing all season, but from what I've seen of the last two star running backs we've been up against, we need to at least sort yeah. of give ourselves a bit of confidence stopping the run game. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, it'll be interesting to see Captain Mono. Um, I don't... <laughs> I, 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 I like Sam Darnold. I think he's a good quarterback. I just don't think he's ever had the opportunity to show anyone that he's a good quarterback in the NFL. And I'm hoping yeah. that we don't give him that opportunity either. Yeah, no, I, I don't think we will. I, I agree. I, I think the running game is going to be the biggest worry uh, against the Jets. Um, but also, I think if if there's one thing our defense could do is 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 they can learn and they can adapt and they can get better. Um, and I think they will. Um, I think one of my biggest takeaways from the last two games as well is one of the things about the Cowboys. And do tell me if you disagree, but especially the last few seasons, I've always considered us to be a a third quarter, maybe even more four quarter team. We always kick about and then we turn up at the end. We did it against the Packers, but it was just too little too late. And you can't do that against Aaron Rodgers 
um, even though you know he wasn't doing a whole lot. Uh, but do you know what I mean? You, you've got to. Um, we, we've we've got to come out fighting sooner, and we we always sit about, sit about, and then as soon as it's looking a bit tight, that's when we show up. And I love about that. I, you know, I, I love that we we always fight when when the going gets tough. I love that Dak has his best games when he's when he's against the odds and he's gritting his teeth and he's running that team to the ground. And I like I love that. But I'd also like to get to the point where we get to half time, and I'm like, oh, we've got a comfortable lead, <laughs> like that's that's not something the Cowboys do very often. And that's, 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 that's the one thing I'd really like to see change. Um, and I think, and this is a brave prediction, but I think the Jets is one of those times we can do that. I mean, I know, you know, we, we did it a bit against the Giants and that, but um, I think, I think the Jets could get us back on that. As long as we can stop that bloody run, I think we can have a big score in first half and then we can sell into our laurels a little bit and smash through the second half, get a good win to take us into the Eagles game. Because if we don't go into the Eagles game with confidence, I don't want to say it because they're the biggest rivals and we ate them, but they are going to, they'll destroy us. The Eagles have got a solid side at the moment. Um, And also one of my very good friends is a diehard Eagles fan. And uh, he has been sending me constant abuse uh, during the Saints and the Packers games, uh, especially that they beat the Packers and we didn't. Um, so we need to beat them, if not just for the team, um, just for me not getting any abuse. And I think Jets can give us that springboard to do it. Like, like Robert said, I like, I like your point, actually, Robert, of going with a, a solid strategy in the Jets so people prepare against it and then switching it up. I think that's, that's a, good, you know, a, a good idea, and I hope it's something we do. Um, but are we going to do it? And that, that's what's going to be remain to be seen, I think, guys. Um, and we will obviously talk about the Jets game next week. Um, we will be recording the podcast just for anyone uh, who's listening um, every Tuesday. We were originally going to release it on the Tuesday, but um, uh, we've got to record it quite late at night on a Tuesday now for everyone's to- uh, time zones. Um, so we will be releasing it every Wednesday now. Um So, yeah, we'll talk about that and we'll get into that. For the moment, though, there's been a few big Cowboys stories over the last five weeks. Uh, Everything from Taco going uh, to old D-Law snubbing the kid in the Giants jersey. Um, Anybody want to talk about any of those things for a couple of minutes? I actually want to take something off hand. uh, Jason Garrett's challenge flag throw in the ref. Hey, yeah, we didn't even... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they make up penalties that don't exist to give the Cowboys. Yeah, that no, that was absolutely so bullshit. <laughs> 15 yards. Like, I mean, that's, and that, that's just like one of the things that happens. Like, if you're a Cowboys fan, they make up penalties against the players. I swear they play hate the team. I don't know what's going on, but when I saw that, I had to watch it like three times because, that was the most absurd thing I'd ever seen. That was more absurd than the mugging that Amari Cooper got where there was no pass interference. I love yeah. I love Jerry Jones's comment after the game when he was asked about that, and he just said, I hope the little darling referee didn't hear anything that upset him too much. <laughs> I, I, think, I, think, I think there were some choice words from Jason Garrett. Incidentally, if we had that red challenge flag, there wouldn't have been that third interception because of the pass interference. Yeah, yeah 100%. 
Yeah, it, it, that that was just ridiculous. That was a ref throwing his toys out out of the pram, and it messed us up. Um, I'm not saying it would have changed the game completely. We'd have probably still been three points behind, but it would have definitely made the game different and possibly got us to a tie. Yeah, it was. I that I I just don't know. I don't know. I, calls during the Packers game for obviously we had a few worse ones, but even for the Packers, like there were some awful calls. It I, was just. It was just rubbish. It was like, I, I, I can't even think of an analogy bad enough to describe how bad some of the refing that was. And I love making up analogies of how shit things are. That's how bad it was. I think the refs, did, yeah, at least they didn't just focus on getting it wrong for one side. They got it wrong for both sides in that game, which was, which was, a, which was fair. You, you, you've got, you can't just win on, on, uh, on penalties you don't deserve. Yeah. No, yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. I just it was just stupid, but yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna. I, I've kind of gotten. Uh, I've got red eye now. I just kind of like want to talk about that a bit longer, but we should probably move on. Um. So, uh, with that, I know you mentioned Taco briefly earlier. Um, I think that was Robert. Um, obviously, I know quite. You know, most people aren't too bothered to see him go. I personally was a little sad to see him go. Um, you know, and I know he. You know, he, he didn't play a lot of games for us, and. He didn't always turn up, but when he did, uh, he turned up quite well. And I personally liked him, I'll be honest, just because his name's Taco and his little celebration of making the taco. I don't care how corny it was. I loved it. I loved it. And when he'd do it, I'd run around my living room with my mates and we'd do the same. We'd be doing the same celebration. Get your taco out, mate. <laughs> it was like, it was like, Keo, get your popcorn ready. It, tacos, get your tacos ready. Yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I loved it. Like it was just it was just cheesy. And like I, I, I think though that should say everything I, I need to say when when the only reason I miss a player is because his celebration was brilliant. <laughs> so I think that does, does describe the quality of player we had there, unfortunately. Um but then the Dolphins taking him to try and, you know, maybe squeeze a little bit of information before the game was quite funny as well. Uh, obviously it didn't help them. But um but yeah. Cool, guys. Well, is there anything else anybody wants to talk to before we uh, bring this to a head? I was... um, One thing that I noticed over this weekend is the amount of times that they get someone free onto a quarterback. And they... Chidobi Awuzie was was a perfect example for this game. He came bearing down, just about to take Aaron Rodgers off his feet, and then... In his head, he's like, I'm going to get a flag for this if I hit him. Aaron Rodgers has still got hold of the ball. And I saw Washington do it against Tom Brady as well. And I was like, go on, hit Tom Brady, knock him out, break his legs. And I have a pet hate for Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> me too. Me too. I mean, I wouldn't, I, I, I obviously, whilst I don't wish harm on anybody, you know, uh, as long as he didn't die, I I probably wouldn't cry about it, but probably shouldn't start that on the first uh, podcast episode, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but, but my pet hate with that is that play where Chidobi Awuzie did decide to hold up was a touchdown play or it was a three-point play, I can't remember which, for Green Bay that could, that put the game out of our hands. And yeah. if he'd have just yeah. hit him, what's worse? You know, it, it's it's getting to the point where, what, what's the point of doing a safety blitz if your safety's just going to kind of just do a wiggle and try and stop the ball rather than actually do the tackle that he's there for? Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, no, I think you're right. And I, I, I think, I mean, I get why the league are being a bit tighter on it, but then it also annoying because when you've got absolute numpties out there, like um, Perfect and that, like obviously they're not helping the cause because um, you do have nasty players out there, but it is a physical game and you do have to hit people and tackle people and get them down occasionally. Um, and it's something that I think will lax a little bit, you know, as, this, as uh, you know, over the next few years, but I don't think it will lax too much. But yeah, there needs to be a, you're completely right. Then there needs to be a clear line of what's available and what's not, because it is it is affecting the game when everyone's too scared to hit the quarterback. Yeah, definitely. It it, it says a lot when the two quarterbacks that I saw involved was Rodgers and Brady, the two whiniest of quarterbacks. Yeah. If yeah, the two <laughs> arguably the two best, but maybe the reason they're the best is because they hardly ever get hit because all they do is bitch about it. Like the fans of both the Packers and the Patriots, <laughs> all about whiny glory hunting bastards. Sorry, carry on. Um, <laughs> I'm with you on that. But you know, one last touch on that. You know that Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, both the prerequisite was uh, – classes on acting on how to not take a hit and then if you do take a hit make it look real bad yeah i mean that's like that was a prerequisite like aaron Rodgers is looking for a flag before the play's even over yeah. <laughs> aaron Rodgers doesn't look like he enjoys football anymore he's like a sulky child on that field and it, 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 even when he's doing something good, he, it, it's as if he's just sort of sauntering off saying, oh, I've got to do this again in five minutes. He just doesn't look like he enjoys the game. And it's no, fun. no, you're right. He always looks angry and just pissed off, doesn't he? Always. Whereas Tom Brady looks like the milk monitor who's decided not to give you milk today. <laughs> <laughs> He's only on that field to lord it up over people. Yeah, yeah, and kiss their kids. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Well, you know what? Actually, let's 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 do this. Uh, we'll do this now. We'll save this for next week. Um, next week, we, let's have a little ten-minute segment where we talk about players that get our goat and why they get our goat. I think I think that could be a good bit of fun. I've got ten uh, minutes lined up on the Patriots right now. <laughs> <laughs> only ten. <laughs> I think the the only Patriot player I've ever truly liked is Gronk. I think, um, and that's mainly because he plays football and then he goes and parties and sleeps with porn stars. Um, <laughs> there was that great moment, wasn't there, where? Um, where some porn star tweeted him being like, I can't remember, he tweeted some porn star, it was something like that. And it was a bit of back and forth, and then everyone was like, yeah, it never happened, he'd ruin his career, blah, blah, blah. And then about two months later, she just tweets a picture of her in her bedroom, and Gronk is stood behind her. And I was like, that, fair play, Bob. <laughs> fair play. Oh, right, guys, anyway... um. Well, we've sworn, we've talked about porn stars, we've talked about possibly killing Tom Brady, um, we've also talked about the Cowboys. Uh, I think it's been quite an uh, eye-opening and a semi-productive uh, first podcast. Um, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, good to see you, Robert. Good to see you, Bill. 
Uh, we'll, this should be the regular team for now on. We will have occasional guests as well in the future. Possible a couple big names in the industry, but I won't say too much until anything's actually confirmed. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, thanks for listening. If you have listened, if you've got all the way through, um, then 10 out of 10, you're a hero. And uh, yeah, we'll see you all soon. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers.